Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Insider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. The Dolphins are trying to become the fourth team in NFL history to go from one and seven to six and seven. And we are going to tell you just how the Miami Dolphins can get that done. Welcome into Finn Satter Radio. This is the Jake and Josh show. We are coming to you for the week 13 preview. Josh, I had to pause for a second. I cannot believe we're already 13 weeks into the season. I can't believe we dealt with the seven game losing streak and that's already in the rearview mirror. But Josh, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing great, Jake. Anytime, again, we can come on here and talk Dolphins football and, you know, it's the weekend. It's a great day, but yeah, man, I can't believe it's week 13 already and it just goes back to the point, like cherish every Sunday like it's the last because for all the bitch game moaning we did back with that seven game losing streak, I mean, we're all going to be so sad once the season ends. Yeah, man, and the best thing is winning. Like, obviously (laughs) you want to win a Super Bowl. Obviously you want to make the playoffs, but if the Dolphins were still at like 10, 11 game losing streak, there ain't no Jalen waddling around. There ain't no Christian Wilkins throwing spitballs. So, I mean, I think that's kind of the fun thing about the football season that even when your team isn't playing well, like you have such a large amount of time between two games where you can really soak it in, talk about it and, and see what can develop just from that one game instead of moving on, whether it's baseball, basketball, uh, just a couple of days in between Josh, let's get into it here. The Dolphins are trying to win their fifth straight game. They're facing a Giants team that is currently, Josh, they sit at four and seven. And I wrote down first that we were going to start with the offense, the Miami Dolphins offense, how well Waddle's been playing, how well Tua's been playing. But we actually are recording following the Friday news dump. So, Josh, we just found out that it is true. Daniel Jones will not be playing against the Miami Dolphins. It instead will be Mike Lennon. So, Josh, put your neck on the line. Tell me what you think about that. Yeah, Jake, I mean, I, I we kind of hinted at it yesterday, but I mean, the news came out today that it's official. Mike Lennon will start 
Barry Jackson had to throw out his career stats like I've done over the last few weeks against the Tyrod Taylors of the world. Career stats, 44 touchdowns, 27 interceptions, and an 83.1 passer rating for Mike Glennon. I loved how you said I was going to stick my neck out there, man. But um, against this Dolphins defense, I mean, we talked about yesterday. I just don't know what Mike Glennon can do, um, you know, to combat this defense and how well they're playing. So uh, I'm excited. I immediately threw out that little devil horn emoji with, you know, the mischievous look on his face and regretted that instantly because, you know, if (laughs) – I'm sitting here getting confident about facing Mike Lennon, but if there's anybody that, you know, could go out there and somehow elevate this New York Giants team and and end this Dolphins four-game win streak, could Mike Lennon not be one of those people? Josh, Glennon played earlier this season. He completed 16 of 25 attempts in a 20-44 loss to Dallas. I just broke a pretty big journalism rule and said the losing score first, but uh, not going to put too much uh, attention onto that one. Josh, also... He has played once, Mike Glennon, against the Miami Dolphins. He completed 11 of 21 passes for 139 yards, one touchdown and one interception back in 2013. Josh, so we look at the Miami Dolphins defense against a Mike Glennon-led offense, and I think this is such a great matchup uh, as the Dolphins are allowing 11.5 points per game over their winning streak. We saw uh, Cam Newton get benched last week. Uh, We saw Zach Wilson get benched before the game. Uh, when the Dolphins played the Jets. But Josh, I think it's important to keep in mind here that Joe Flacco, weirdly enough, a backup who played against the Miami Dolphins, over the four-game winning streak, man, he was the one who played the best. Yeah, and that's that's crazy. I mean, that's even including Lamar Jackson, is it not? I mean, uh, you look at what the Dolphins have gone against throughout this winning streak, and I mean, they have been some of these, you know, lesser quarterbacks, but at the same point, you know, Mike Lennon, he's going out there with Freddie Kitchens, who's now the offensive coordinator there. I mean, both of these guys, I mean, at this point of their careers, are they not just going to go out there and try to throw everything they have at the table and prove, you know, okay, maybe I can still play in the NFL with Mike Lennon. Maybe Freddie Kitchens is looking for an, another offense coordinator position, or, you know, maybe a head coaching position down the road. But um, all of this game in my opinion Jake's going to come down to what Saquon Barkley can do and we saw a little bit of what the Dolphins did last week and how they approached you know those first few snaps you know that first quarter and second quarter Jalen Phillips wasn't on the field much at all because I think they came into that game you know wanting to stop the run and forcing Cam Newton to throw the football and that's exactly the way I see this team attacking this New York Giants defense because if you can stop Saquon Barkley who you know 17 touches for 53 yards last week ever in down here I mean we can both admit he's a shell of himself of what he once was so if you can contain him and force Mike Lennon to go out there and make those plays I mean, that's when this Dolphins defense is going to, you know, rear their ears back, line them up on the line and just come at you. And um, I'm getting giddy, Jake, just thinking about it. But I got to temper my expectations because that PTSD. Josh, Freddie Kitchens, uh, he was actually the offensive coordinator. Last week was his first week uh, calling the plays for the Giants offense after Jason Garrett was fired. And the team, Josh, ran the ball 27 times and passed the ball 30 times in a barn burner of a 13 to 7 win over the Eagles. So, Josh. We know about what this Miami Dolphins pass rush is turning into. It seems like Jalen Phillips is turning into that guy the Miami Dolphins expected. Um, The one thing I think that is kind of on the surface uh, in terms of complaints about what this Dolphins defense is doing, Josh, is snap count. You made a great point there about Jalen Phillips, how they were focused on stopping the run. I'd like to get your thoughts on Zach Sealer, because this is another guy who, whenever he's on the field, he's making plays. I think he only plays like 25 to 33% of the snaps. Um, Where do you feel like his position is with this defense? You see how well Christian Wilkins is playing. Uh, You see Raekwon Davis be that center of that defensive line. So, Josh, I'm curious of what you think about how these packages are being, you know, used by the Dolphins. Adam Butler is incredibly involved. So is there something going on here that kind of justifies how Zach Sealer is playing compared to he's playing well and he deserves more snaps? I I think so. And I think, again, it comes into just how they're approaching each 
opponent differently. I mean, I mentioned Jalen Phillips. I mean, he's a pass rusher. I mean, that's what he does best. He he gets at the quarterback, but at the same time, you know, he can do some of those other things. I mean, it's the same way as Zach Sailor. I think when you see him in the game, they're, they're in those heavy sets. They are expecting the run. And I mean, just what he's been able to do all season long. I mean, we heard it last week, you know, Flores internally, when he was answering the question, he was almost, you know, internally battling with how do I give this guy more reps while giving these other guys more reps? So I don't envy anyone, especially when you have guys like Jalen Phillips in those different packages, Andrew Van Ginkle, Agba, you mentioned Butler. I mean, the list goes on and on and just the versatility that they have on this defensive line. Um, I, I guess we do have to mention Jalen Phillips. It was on the injury report yesterday, along with Adam Shaheen, Brandon Jones, Robert Hunt. They were all limited. So some people don't even know if Jalen Phillips will suit up this week. Same with Brandon Jones. But um, I, I don't know the way that a Brian Flores coach team divvies up these snaps. I, I think it all goes back to just the versatility again. I mean, when you can line Jalen Phillips up inside, you know, to play defense tackle and go one-on-one with the guard, I mean, it's game over. So um, I like what we see, but Jake, I truly don't know what Brian Flores or Josh Boyer sees to get these guys more reps. And that Giants offensive line, man, is struggling. They are a lot like the Dolphins. And I think this is kind of the key to the game is Miami's defensive line uh, against that Giants front. Josh, the Dolphins pass rush has 28 sacks on the year. That's 10th in the NFL and is first in quarterback hits. And I just I, I'm interested about how the Miami Dolphins and Brian Flores uses packages because again when we were one in seven we were concerned about what is Brian Flores and his identity what are we trying to accomplish here and I'm gonna force feed the year two part two into you about how this team is still trying to find its identity and you know we see people talking about Zach Sealer deserving more snaps how can we get Jalen Phillips more involved uh but what I see Josh is a coach who can identify what opposing offenses are doing and put these guys in specific situations where they can succeed. Zach Sealer can celebrate stopping a run, you know, two yards behind the line of scrimmage. Jalen Phillips uh, can do his cool little shimmy after he sacks Cam Newton, right? So Josh, I think we're just watching this defense really unfold, uh, 210 passing yards or less in three of the last four games, four sacks per game in the last four games, Josh. This is a team that knows its identity, and I think the one thing we lacked severely, whether it was Adam Gase or Joe Philbin, and again, you know, this is a 5-7 and seven team. I'm not trying to say Brian Flores is, is Bill Belichick, but what we see here is the Dolphins understanding their identity. They know how to use their players, and it's not, you know, saying, hey, Mike Wallace, you can catch deep balls, so we're going to throw these contested uh, high safety looks where you have to go up and get a ball. The, the Dolphins actually know how to use their guys and make them succeed in the best possible way. I just love that we're on here talking about this coaching staff, you know, and hopeful, you know, saying positive things about the way they attack and approach things because, you know, through that seven game losing streak, man, it felt dismal. I love that Absolutely. you compared their offensive line to Miami's because it was kind of the perfect thing. I even saw someone mention Nate Soldier is basically the Jesse Davis version of the, yes. the New York Giants yes, offensive line. One more thing to your point, Jake, uh, Zach Sealer, I don't know if it was this week or last week, but you saw the video of Christian Wilkins making a stop on the field. I think they even asked Sealer if he wanted to go in the game and he was like, no, let Wilkins in there. He only played one snap. I think Wilkins had a play the very next and it's just awesome to see you know maybe he gives up some of those snaps to allow a Christian Wilkins to get more of those reps we didn't talk about the New York Giants pass catchers Jake we do have to mention Kadarius Tony they're very promising young uh rookie pass catcher yeah he's he's out for this game um Sterling Shepard is fighting an uphill battle so um you know you got Mike Glenn in there he's he's thin at receiver and again Saquon Barkley's a shell of himself so I think this is setting up for that Miami Dolphins defense to be one of those fantasy plays this week you know whether it's daily whether they need to pick someone up on waivers they're not even going to be there right the Dolphins are long gone from a couple weeks ago but uh, I think this is setting up for the Dolphins to 
to have a convincing win. But you mentioned what the New York Giants did last week. I mean, everyone thought that Philadelphia Eagles offense, I mean, they're putting up what 40 points back to back to back to back weeks. And, you know, they played that New York Giants defense and they did come back down to life. So I think we talked enough about the New York Giants offense. Jake, let's jump into a break and talk about Tua Tungvaloa, the Miami Dolphins and the matchup they face this week against that New York Giants defense. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Josh, I'm feeling more and more confident about this game. I'm feeling more and more confident about the Miami Dolphins, and it's hard not to. You look at the four-game winning streak, you look at how they're playing, but I mean, man, this is one of those games, the Dolphins are at home, that this is where we need to see our franchise quarterback be that, a franchise quarterback who beats a bad team at home. Uh, But with that being said, Josh, these teams are relatively similar, and that hurts me to say a little bit because points per game, the Giants are averaging 18.4. The Dolphins are eking their way up. They're at 19.5. So, Josh, can the Miami Dolphins offense continue its streak of success against a Giants defense? And we saw what happened last week. Uh, You hinted it before the break. The Giants and Phillies game, I mean, I don't understand why anyone would have watched that game, Uh, but the Giants forced the Eagles to throw the ball. They forced Jalen Hurts to throw the ball, and that was a horrible mistake because he was picked off time and time again. So, Josh, the Dolphins, I mean, I think our slogan for the show, as much as anything else, is running through the air. How does this offense perform against the Giants defense that made the Eagles so one-dimensional just a week ago. Yeah, MJ, that's a tough question because I do think, you know, last week we sat here and we, I, I personally said, you know, they're going to struggle against this Panthers defense. I mean, they look pretty good. Tua completed 27 mm-hmm. to 31 passes, 230 yards, a touchdown. I mean, they look pretty good, but oh, man, I think they got to go out there, Jake, and they got to try to establish the run. I mean, is that not the most cliche thing to say? I mean, find a way to get Miles Gaskin involved. Philip Lindsay was back at practice catching passes today. I mean, you got to establish that run to open everything else up. And I think that's what they got to do against, man, if you look on paper, I mean, this Giants defense is pretty damn good, man. So Josh, it's kind of interesting to look at this Giants defense and how this situation can unfold for the Dolphins because they're scoring 24 points per game during this winning streak. And I think still, Josh, the biggest issue with this team, when you look at the X's and O's of this matchup, man, I still think it boils down to, are the Dolphins going to beat themselves? I mean, we saw the ball sitting at Tua's feet on two different plays. I think for the sake of everyone keeping score at home, we're going to blame the center on one of them. And then we're going to blame Tua on the other. Technical fouls on both sides. Uh, but then, Josh, there were also, I think, a couple sacks that really derailed drives, whether it was making, you know, three points all of a sudden to a, you know, I think it was, what, a fumble, and all of a sudden the Panthers get three points at the break. I think those are the little things that this offense should really be worried about more than whatever an opposing defense is going to try to throw at them. Uh, Adoree Jackson. On the outside, you think he might be the guy against Jalen Waddle. Waddle has been absolutely a stud for the Miami Dolphins, uh, especially of late during this winning streak. We actually gave him a lot of love in yesterday's show. Be sure to go check that one out. Uh, Jackson in that secondary is coming off three interceptions of Hurts and that for that Giants defense a week ago. So, Josh, Devontae Parker is a guy who's looking like who, he might come back. Do you see how this offense is going to continue to develop? Because, I mean, we have Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is awesome. Mike Gesicki, he's disappeared a little bit. Maybe it's defenses are trying to take him away, make two a look at other guys, how we see Mac Collins, we see Isaiah Ford getting involved. What does Devontae Parker's return do in terms of just how defenses 
prepare for this offense. And hey, all of a sudden, maybe Jalen Waddle, there's one less guy within five yards of him. And that's the difference between, you know, moving the sticks on a 12 yard completion and him breaking free for 40 yards. Can I say everything? Because I kind of feel like I, up until <laughs> up until you mentioned Devontae Parker, I mean, I was sitting there looking at these two offenses and, you know, you're kind of going tick for tack. Devontae Parker, would that not kind of push that Miami Dolphins offense to have that true, you know, when he's Great healthy, point. quote unquote, number one wide receiver? Um, you mentioned Dory Jackson's playing awesome. Logan Ryan, a player who, you know, Brian Flores has a relationship with. It'll be interesting to see how much of a role he has. I remember Dolphin fans really wanted him to be part of the Dolphins this offseason. And Jake, we we have to talk about Benardrick McKinney, right? Is this not his revenge game? I know he's listed behind <laughs> Reggie Ragland on the Jeff chart, but I would low-key love to see him ball out after all the BS we saw earlier in the year. So, you know, I, I just had to laugh that Benardrick McKinney revenge game. You know, you got some of these pieces in the secondary. It's it's going to be a much tougher matchup than we expect, Jake. And I have to mention the defensive line because I mentioned them on paper. I mean, they look godly, man. Leonard Williams, who we all remember from his time with the Jets, 57 tackles this year, five and a half sacks. He's a tank. They also got Dexter Lawrence, Lorenzo Carter, Quincy Roche, who a lot of Miami Hurricanes fans remember. And then we can't forget the rookie, Aziz Ajaleri, who is the only rookie pass rusher with more pressure on the quarterback than Jalen Phillips. So a real test for this Miami Dolphins offensive line who, you know, we don't even know who's going to play center, Jake. I mean, let's be honest. We don't even know who's going to be playing center for the Dolphins. Yeah, Josh. And that's actually in a weird way, a good thing. I mean, we joked about it yesterday, but the Dolphins, it looks like they might have three healthy centers uh, for Sunday's game. So Josh, maybe it's all about withering away this defensive front for the Giants. We know what Tua can do. He completed 80.5% of his passes in November. If he completed one more of his 77 uh, passes, he would have tied Peyton Manning uh, for the best month in terms of accuracy among quarterbacks. Manning did that back in 2008. A big reason, Josh, why he's able to complete so many passes, despite the fact, man, this, this run game has been absolutely brutal, but the Dolphins have the highest run play action in the league at 45% since week 10. Man, I remember the Ryan Tannehill days screaming that the Dolphins never use play action. And here they are. They're on the entire opposite side of the spectrum. Uh, so, man, I think the big question here is the Giants defense, the rushing defense is 26 in the league. I don't think Miles Gaskin can be that guy. We've seen him struggle against good defenses. We see him put We've seen him struggle against bad defenses. We've seen him put okay performances together against bad defenses. Can Philip Lindsay be that guy that actually can be a difference maker that can exploit an opposing run game and let this offense in terms of the passing game open up just a little bit more that the Miami Dolphins have not seen in, in two, three years? I, I hope I hope this is the the RJ Ajay, right? I mean, he runs like he <laughs> runs like his hair's on fire at times. Um, Jake, I think the thing that c- I come into this game with so much more confidence that you know earlier in the season, as cliche as it sounds, it's because two is out there, right? I mean, does he not give you uh, confidence coming into games like this that you can go out there and win? You mentioned that forty five percent of his play since week 10 were on play action. That does count the RPOs, right? Because I mean, every yes. single, every single outlet is now writing articles, you know, trying to get rid of the RPOs or saying, you know, how dumbed down of an offense it is and how that's the only reason the Dolphins are having success. Who the hell cares? I don't care how it's being done. If you need to use the RPOs, you need to use some of the things that Tua did so damn well in college to, you know, get the ball out quick to open some of those lanes up, like you mentioned for the run game and then to open things up for the pass game. I mean, who the hell cares? I just think it's so petty. And I, I just had to go on that quick little rant rant that you know every day you're coming on here and you see all these positive you know graphics with waddle like we mentioned too like we mentioned but then at the same time you're seeing all these outlets trying to you know shit on what two has done and after those last four weeks after everything we've seen him overcome i mean give this guy some damn credit please it'd be nice for him to have that game though and i thought it w- 
might be against the Jets a couple weeks ago where he just kind of flexes with the four touchdowns. Maybe it's the best fantasy quarterback type of game where you kind of have no like, well, but, but, but you want to be an and guy. You don't want to be a buck guy. You want to say Tua played well and he threw for four touchdowns on RPOs. Josh, I completely agree with you in the sense of if the offense is working and with that too, the offense, I still don't think is anywhere near where it should be. You think about the errors they make, the the mental errors they make, uh, but it's what this team can do. I mean, the offensive line doesn't give them a lot of time. This is an opportunity to move the football. They know how to, again, it's like what they were doing on the defensive side of the ball. They know what they're doing. They know what they can do. And they're playing to those strengths instead of, you know, letting Mike Asiki go 40 yards down the field for a, a you know, a, a big play just for Tua to get sacked because the play doesn't have enough time to develop. And, and that's, again, I think that goes back to why you're seeing so much of this short intermediate stuff. Why, you know, I don't know, man. I just hate how it's a civil war between this fan base. You know, you can't you can't be a Tua fan and you can't be a fan of the Dolphins. It's one or the other. So, um, Jake, let's wrap this podcast up with our predictions. As of now, the Dolphins are four and a half point favorites. It's up to six and a half. Already. Is it up to six and a half? I yeah. wasn't sure. I was going to use DraftKings. I had to use our proud affiliate of SB Nation. But I think the over-under, is it still 41 or did they change that too? I think that's still okay. still right about so, there. Yeah. So they added two points and now that Mike Lennon was officially named the starter. So interesting, Jake, but give me your thoughts on this final prediction. Give me your score. You know, Dolphins, will they get this fifth win in a row? Go to six and seven, buy on the horizon. Then they come out against New York Jets, if I'm not mistaken. Can the Dolphins, six and a half point favorites, beat the New York Giants? Man, that is the million dollar question. I'm actually, you know, living in the Northeast, Connecticut. It's legal to gamble on sports. Do I'm it. going to Mohegan Sun this weekend. So that's where I'm going to be on Sunday. And I'm thinking that I have to put something on the dolphins because, you know, as much as seeing that Mike Lennon's going to start is, you know, encouraging. I don't think that really matters too much. I think it is just that defensive front for the Miami dolphins against the giants offensive line. I mean, if you can't, you know, protect a quarterback, he can't do anything no matter who it is. I mean, I thought Daniel Jones was playing pretty well. I think he was three and two over his last five and the stats weren't there, but it was more of like, a quarterback who's finding ways to win, you know, that generic cliche of, of what I, whatever happens, you know, at least we got that dub, that type of thing. Uh, but man, I am really excited to see Jalen Phillips. I'm really excited to see if Manuel Agba can continue his streak. I think he has seven straight games with a batted ball. And I just don't know, man, how this Giants defense can, or Giants offense can really find a way to move the football. Uh, maybe Barkley can break something off, but, but dude, this defense has looked so great in terms of coming up and, and team tackling, group tackling, and making sure guys don't get extra yards. So I do think the Dolphins have a strong chance of winning this and winning this pretty comfortably. Maybe not like, you know, 40 to nothing, but maybe like a 20 to six, something like that, where the offense kind of has those hiccups where you have to settle for two field goals, whatever it may be, that they really can't take advantage of and and make those four scoring drives into four touchdowns. So I do like a 20 to six. I like the under just for the sake of that. The Dolphins defense has been impressive. Both of these teams are averaging right around 23 points per game uh, allowed. So it's going to be a rock fight, man. And I think the Dolphins defense is going to do enough to give that offense uh, a couple more opportunities and I think that's the difference I like that score prediction 20 to 6 I was going to say 24 to 10 and I'm going to stick to that I think you know I we like both have the under but I think it's just so tough because I continue to look at how Philadelphia and how everyone was praising that offense now they were just clicking and they ran into a wall with the New York Giants but at the same time I mean those are those division games so uh, I think two is going to go out there have an efficient game I say I say 24-10, Jake. Let's go, get that fifth W and head into the bye week feeling really damn good. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. I just hate that we're getting close to the season and now it's starting to feel like the walls are closing in and I feel like we're just going to be one or two wins too short. Jake, before we wrap this up, you know, we normally give out a fan 
fantasy guy. Gesicki hasn't been doing much lately. Waddle, you can almost you know throw him in your lineup for sure every week. Which running back would you start this week? I mean, I know you're we're predicting the future here, but um, you know, if you had to choose between Philip Lindsay or Miles Gaskin, do you have a preference? Because to me, the thing that I think elevates Miles Gaskin maybe in fantasy status is the fact that he's running so much of that yeah. wildcat down at the goal line. So sorry if I took your answer there, but what were your thoughts, man? You, I think you'd have to play Miles Gaskin again. This isn't an offense that you know you can look at two, three, four different guys to have success. And they use Gaskin inside that red zone, whether it's throwing it to him on those, you know, plays where the wide receivers can't get open and the pass rush is coming and Tua has to dump it off. I think we saw that uh, happen a couple times two weeks ago. So I agree. I think it's Gaskin strictly because of the touchdown potential. I could even see Philip Lindsay having a relatively strong game. If he plays, if he's healthy, I know you mentioned he's limited, even though he's catching balls uh, out in practice, but you know, maybe he's the 20 to 20 guy. He moves the sticks a couple times, but you know, Flores has known Gaskin. Now he's been here as long as Flores has has been the coach. So, you know, maybe they get in the red zone and they trust him a little bit more and six points, man, that it's hard to overcome that. Love it, Jake. You heard it here first, guys. Lock in Waddle, lock in Miles Gaskin, your fantasy lineups and the Dolphins. They're going to get their fifth straight win this Sunday against the New York Giants. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of SB Nation's Finside Radio, the Jake and Josh show. I am your host, Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We will be back on Monday to recap the Miami Dolphins' victory over the New York Giants. Love it, baby. Let's get 500 by Christmas. Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins.